Welcome in, everyone, to episode 63 of the Bowcast podcast. My name's Caleb Pang, joined by my co-host, Speedy's Chief 2. Yo, what's up, Caleb? How are you feeling today? Uh, You know, not too bad. I don't know about you, but so we both just got back from London like earlier this week. And I feel like the jet lag going to London wasn't so bad. And I was on like an eight hour time difference. You were on probably what, five or six? Six probably, yeah. right? And yeah. it wasn't terrible. I think I was just tired more more than anything else. But on the way back, it definitely hit me. I um, <laughs> I got back on Monday. I slept a little bit on the plane here or there. Uh, mm-hmm. Had to finish watching The Batman, which was on the plane on the way there oh, and the way back. It's it quite good. Long. Yeah, you know, at first I was like, man, I feel like we're in this constant consumer-based loop where we just watch a series of like superhero stuff, Marvel or DC, and then based on contract reasons, they have to like reboot the series. Like they have to make another movie every few years, otherwise they lose like the rights to it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so we just see another Batman with a with the same origin story, but just like a different spin. And it's like yeah. sometimes the same villain, but a lot of times not, but like kind of similar, like, oh, it's the Riddler instead of the Joker or whatever. But and but I will say this one was a little bit different because they didn't go into the whole like they didn't actually show the whole like origin story of Batman as much. And it was a little bit dark, which mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate. It was a lot better than I expected. I will say that it was long, though. It was very long. Um, yeah. It took me two flights, to, two international flights to finish it. But uh, sorry, there's not like a movie podcast, but that's that was my take. Anyway, I came back and um, got back around like 4 or 5 p.m. And got some food with a friend when we uh, for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then I went to sleep at around like 11 p.m. or something. And I didn't like really get up until 7 p.m. the next day. <laughs> it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was bad and yeah I, that, yeah go ahead go ahead no no that was pretty much it then my sleep cycle has been pretty nuts but last night i managed to stay up long enough to stay up till midnight and i passed out which was nice but then i woke up at 2 30 in the morning like i'm like what <laughs> um, so dude that. it it was just the time change right because uh, when you when you're in london right and you're coming from the u.s the time jump makes it so that you're trying to tell your body to wake up at like 3 a.m and then start Uh doing things for the day and then go to sleep at you know like 3 p.m essentially where you know back home and that you know the difference is so great your body's way out of whack and i've noticed that as well i think when i got back i took a 12 hour uh i don't want to call it a nap but like 12 hours of sleep and i think uh gabby did as well uh butters hasn't had his quite yet and then I saw actually Rosemary, who is a uh, Necra, posted on Twitter. She said, I also had a 12-hour rest. And I was like, man, <laughs> we're all trying to get back uh, back on schedule, right? Yeah, we're all on that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, it was pretty – it was it – was, uh, it's been an interesting adjustment here and there. But I think we're similarly on the same boat. But hopefully we'll be ready for, you know, everything else in the coming days. Mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah so it was a, the, the grind don't stop 
the grind don't stop. That's right. We got we got GoFest finale event tomorrow too. Anyway, that long story short, that's why we're a little bit delayed on this episode too. Because one, we got back on Monday, and then like mm-hmm. I wasn't even like awake for most of Tuesday, and um, you know we're just trying to figure out our schedules. But we do have an episode this week. I know someone tagged us on Twitter earlier. It was like, hey, like y'all got an episode? I'm like, yeah, you know we do, we do. It'll be it'll be coming out in a few hours. So right after we record this, um, but. We uh, before we talk about London because we have a lot to cover there. We had a bet prior to London. Oh, that's it right. Was, it was a Stardust thing, and I'm curious what was what were the results for you? Yeah, good question. So uh, to remind everybody listening, this was for Zigzagoon Community Day, and it wasn't based on catches. It was just raw Stardust. Um, let me see. I actually took a screenshot because I. I took my prior amount and then my current amount and I did the quick maths on my calculator app and then I took a, a screenshot. So oh, let me okay. pull that up here. Got to scroll back, man. We took a lot of pictures. All right. I found it. All right. So I'll send this in the discord chat and I'd love to hear your reaction. Oh, that confident, huh? No, I mean, confident. I was thinking the same thing, but all right. Well, when I told you about my XLs, you sounded a little bit nervous. So I I was. You definitely got more XLs than me, but and that was before I even transferred a lot of them. Now, now I have like eighteen hundred (laughs) XLs. So I was uh, mostly in weather boost range too. So nice. Post mine. Whoa! What? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I didn't get that much stardust. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, that's my okay. stuff. So, so Speedy got. Wait, what, let me see the screenshot though. You can't show me a calculator screenshot. Not that I don't trust you, but I need to see like the before and after picture from your account. I could have easily checked in a million something in my calculator too. All right. All right. Hold on. All right. Uh, so, for context for everyone else, I got a little over 720,000 Stardust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I, I stacked up, uh, it wasn't quite all 12. I think I had nine 12 kilometer eggs and I had two tens and I like pre-walked them before the event started. So I like mm. jumped out with 200, 250,000. Okay. I, I did yes. have 12, 12 kilometer eggs stacked. So, okay. okay so nice. I, you didn't have a significant advantage. Or, like I can't even blame that on like why I didn't like do well, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I was I'll do. It. I mean, I, I, ain't, I ain't like you though. With like ten thousand tasks, special tasks remaining, with like half of them with like collect stardust. So I'm sure that added dude, up, dude. you sure saw that. that. I, I actually, of course I actually I did. You, some... you mentioned it in the last episode, but I saw it on Twitter. I was like, wait, you're like more egregious than me. Like, like I have, uh-huh. I don't have that many. I have like one save maybe. Yeah, I um, I had a few like the 2022 or what whatever event it was. There's like a, there's a, there's a level you get to where you claim up to it's f- almost <laughs> okay, yeah. Where you claim up to five of those 2022 Stardust things, and I didn't even oh. get to them until after the event. Oh, um, that's okay. I'm trying to find it, man. Like I know I screenshot a lot of the IV scans, and then I delete them. I might have deleted it, so I'll look at my trash folder. This was August 12 or what? No, August 13. Okay. Not that I don't well, trust you. I just uh No, I get it, man. You know, it's impressive, right? You know, you want to see the proof. It is it is impressive. You did get more XLs than me, so like mm-hmm. there's there's a very strong and like especially you were weather boosted too? 
I was, yeah. I yeah, was. see, like it was great for Stardust, but man, I have some bad IVs for Obstagoon. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. my Obstagoon I was running before was like fourteen seventy five anyway for like Great League, and yeah. it didn't really get much of an upgrade to be honest. Well, the best what? one I could find. Oh, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. no, no. I, I was gonna say, weren't there supposed to be Galarian Zigzagoons during the last like event? Maybe they just weren't in London, like at the venue. Oh, you're right. During the PvP I, event, yeah. Yeah, I thought there were supposed to be. I didn't see a single one. Maybe mm. they're in research ass. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't see them in research play. either. Yeah. Yeah. I Darn. Don't know. Well, it sounds like I'm lying, but I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look for the screenshots here. I'll find them. <laughs> I'll get them to you. Uh, listeners, I was gonna say chat. I was like. Do, do we take his word on it? You, you I'm so used to saying same chat. I'm so used to saying that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I, either way. All right. Well done. Well done. First first dub for Speedy's Chief here. <laughs> first. First of many, hopefully. Oh, uh, maybe. Oh, we should set another bet for tomorrow. So for us, it is Friday. Uh, for some of you in the world, it, the event might be starting already. The GoFest finale event. Mm-hmm. Um, which also a little uh, clarification too, because this was kind of um, uh, mistaken on our end. But we mentioned last week we're like, oh, there's shiny Ultra Beast too. But I think it's more so the wording was uh, improper, and there actually isn't mm-hmm. shiny Ultra Beast. It's more so there's going to be shinies in the raids that aren't ultra beast i don't know it was it was worded really confusingly so let me pull that up as well just so i could read read exactly what but the way i read it and obviously i'm mistaken it sounded like there was going to be shiny ultra beast so Mm -hmm. i just remember it was at the very bottom of the blog it says ah i see i see where my mistake is so at the so at the rate it says raids from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. local time. These are following Pokemon with raids, and they have all the different Pokemon raids, including the Ultra mm-hmm. Beast, but some non-Ultra Beast. And then at the bottom, it has a little shiny symbol. That says if you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny one. It's right underneath all four Ultra Beasts, but what it, it actually is more so of a legend guide for the actual like shiny symbol <laughs> so that's what's really saying oh yeah, yeah it's yeah, more yeah, so yeah. the shiny symbol implies that if you're lucky main encounter a shiny one but mm-hmm. i didn't i i misread that so um but yeah speedy yeah. is sending it's, me it's tough right because like unless it specifically says in the blog post it's a bit misleading a lot of companies try to distill down what's being said you know they'll like have the shiny designation or the little star or something like that but I mean, there's one thing that we've kind of learned throughout our time playing Pokemon Go is that Niantic likes to surprise and delight, right? And sometimes that comes at the price of being like very inconsistent in their messaging and kind of leading trainers astray. So unfortunately, yeah. I think I think we got misled a bit there. Yeah, I also didn't use my critical reading skills very well, but okay. <laughs> um, can't really blame Niantic for this one. I see screenshots from you. These are from weirdly odd timings here. You have one screenshot from eight o'clock. Is that yeah? That's eight o'clock. Eight o'clock the day before. <laughs> eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. And then, <laughs> and then, the one forty-five. What p.m. the next day? Like these are some uh, odd uh, commute day hours. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, I know, dude. Uh, again, I, I think I trashed all my screenshots and I was like, yeah, I got the Stardust count, so I'll just go with that. 
But then again, I don't know if the listeners think it's it's uh you know disingenuine. Let us know. But you know, come on. I mean, look at this face, right? Look at these vods. Would this guy lie to you? No, never. I don't know. I feel like you could be a really good like used car salesman. Is that like inappropriate to say? <laughs> oh my god, dude! No, I guess, I guess. Um, well, oh yeah. I, before we get too far uh, into this event, I actually have a story from the trip back from London. I know we'll get yeah. to it eventually, but um, I almost had all of my plushies stolen. What? Oh, we need yes. to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. so you, uh, well, you had some. You were running out of storage. <laughs> Just put that way. You bought a lot. Uh, yeah. To be fair, I didn't buy a lot, and I was struggling to fit everything in my suitcase, so I figured you were probably uh, uh, sure. Uh, I was. My my bag was full. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so it almost got stolen? What happened there? Oh, you, you want to hear it now? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's talk about it now. Why not? Okay. Okay. So, essentially, I had, uh, I had a carry-on suitcase because... I really didn't want to be stuck in the same position I was in Columbus where I got to the event and I didn't have anything to wear. I didn't have a suit, toothbrush, anything. So I packed one suit and all the essentials into a carry-on suitcase. And then I had my main check bag. Uh, On the way back, I ended up filling both of the suitcases with so much stuff, so much stuff, excuse me, that I had to check both of them. And when I, uh, when I eventually figured out how I was going to bring everything, I did one backpack and then I did one of those Pokemon Center yellow bags just full of plushies as my two items, right? And I get on the plane and obviously we're a little bit tired. You know, it's kind of a weird time. I had been on the train for an hour and then like trying to get to the airport and Caleb, you just barely made yours and I was like pretty close with mine as well. But finally <laughs> get on the plane and I, uh, I take that bag and I can't put it under the seat in front of me. So I just put it in the overhead compartment, right? And we get on the flight, you know, flight takes off. It's like, you know, eight and a half hours long or something. And I don't get up and check the compartment, but I do fall asleep a couple times. And, you know, these plushies are rare that you don't see them very much. You can only get them at Worlds. And I had a lot of them. I had the entire bag like stuffed. And I was thinking, man, if there's turbulence, the plushies might like fall out and fall all over the overhead compartment or something else. But um, long story short... I wake up and we're about to land and I go to look for my plushies and I look in the overhead compartment above my seat. I open it and it's empty. There's nothing there. And I look, I like look to the next one to my right and I open it empty again. And I go up one, like I'm looking on either side of the compartment above, you know, above my seat. And I look to the left of the one above my seat empty. And I was like, what is going on? I like look around. Of course, like I just woke up. I'm a little bit disoriented. I like look around like what's happening. And uh, I get off the plane and I start to walk towards customs. I'm like booking it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to figure out who the hell took my bag and I'm going to see it and I'm going to confront them. I'm going to yeah. figure this out. Right. And I get like halfway up the arm of the, uh, you know, the plane. So I can, I'm like walking into the airport almost. And then I think, you know what? I should probably tell the people on the plane that if they find a bag, it's mine. So I turn around and I go back down the arm uh, because everyone's going to be like bottlenecked at customs anyway. So I get down to the uh, foot of the plane and I'm about to step onto the plane to go talk to the flight attendant. And this guy with a beard just like jumps out. He starts yelling at me. He's like, hey, hey, you can't cross that line. You see this right here? You see this? And he's pointing down at the floorboard. He says, this is the national flag. You can't cross back into UK territory. If you step over this line, we're going to call the police. I was like, what? (laughs) And he's like yelling at me, right? And I'm just like standing there. 
uh, at that point, I'm like, okay, I understand. But he keeps on going. He's like, look, turn around, talk to that woman behind you, all right? The one, the one in uniform, talk to her. Talk to her right now. I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> I'm just standing there, right? I'm like, it sounds okay. like a guy with a big beard too. <laughs> Dude, he does, right? And uh, <laughs> nice. And uh, I turn around and I tell, I tell the lady what happened. She said, okay, uh, I'm going to go in there and look for you. And uh, uh, wait a few minutes. Everyone else gets off the plane. So everybody else is gone but me. And I'm standing there. And she says, okay, I'm going to go look. And she crosses back into the plane because she's an employee. And she you know, looks around and she comes back out and she says, I didn't see anything. And I said, oh my God. So then I turn around and I book it to customs, right? I'm like, all right, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I get to the line and I must've looked like such a creeper dude. Cause I'm like standing up on my tippy toes, like looking at the line, looking at the people in front of me. I'm like squinting, like to see between the <laughs> tape and stuff. And like people start to give me looks like, what the hell is this guy doing? And uh, I just keep looking and looking. And then um, I'm just standing there and I'm starting to think it's gone. I'm starting to think, yeah, it's over. I don't have my, my plushies anymore. They were stolen and I can't figure it out. And the person that has them is probably at the front of the line, right? They're probably ahead of me. But then I turn around and I see this flight attendant, a different lady, different flight attendant walking out the same path that I came out and she's got a big yellow bag. And I look at her and I just put my hand out and I smile. She says, oh, here you go, darling. We found it. It was actually down one more compartment in the uh, overhead, but nobody had opened it and we didn't see it there. So I guess what I did was I just put it in the wrong compartment and it was like two or three rows down from my seat and I totally freaked myself out in the process. <laughs> Wait, you just don't remember putting it in a different compartment? No, I thought it was above my seat. I sincerely do think it was above my oh. seat. But then, I don't know, maybe it was full or something and I put it close and I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then oh, I just man. sat down and I was like, I'll remember. You ever do that, right? You like put your phone somewhere. You're like, yeah, you know, I'll remember where that's my phone true. is. Phone, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about like, plane compartments. That's pretty hard to miss, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry to go on the huge monologue, dude, but I was like, man, if I lose, you know, probably five or six hundred dollars worth of plushies, you know, in the resale market, I'm not that I'm going to resell them, but that's what they're worth. It's like, man, this is gonna suck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you told me it was five hundred six hundred dollars worth on like the retail market, I still would have believed you because you bought a lot yeah. too. I remember we shared a yeah. bag when we're going through the Pokemon Center, and let's just say most of that bag was speedy stuff. <laughs> it wasn't too many <laughs> for mine. Like it's at true. a certain it's point, true. I was like, "Yeah, I'll just take what's out of mine. Like easy, I could just hold this in my hand. <laughs> like you, you need the bag." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely needed the bag, and and good thing we still had a bag because it was my my carry on, right? So, but it it all worked out. That's the important part. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you just used that bag too. Um, because mm -hmm. like you said, it's like things can fall out pretty quickly. I, I put everything in my checked luggage, like in the big stuff, like most important stuff, even my suits. Cause I'm just like, I don't need this right away in case like it gets lost somewhere that I'll eventually hopefully it'll eventually make it back to me. I guess it's a yeah. little risky, right? But um so I just put like I, I just put as much of that stuff as possible so I can just check it. Um and just mostly mm -hmm. put my backpack on the plane. Yeah. But, getting there is the hard part, right? Getting back. We're yeah. like, ah, you know, if they ship my luggage to me because something goes wrong, it's fine. Right. Yeah. Getting there is definitely the hard part because because um, we were hearing stories before we got there that the airport, like an East, especially international flights can easily lose your luggage. And like it might be a few days before they locate where it is. And yes. for us, we're like, well, we need to make sure we have our suits because it's not like we get our like buy a suit in London real quick. You know, I mean, you might be able to, but like it just. It's just such a gamble, right? And that's such an yeah. investment and everything like that. So I just pack my suits in my carry-on and I put like 
some of my other clothes in the big suitcase. Plus, it was mostly empty because I just wanted to have space for stuff we may bring, we maybe bring back, which turned out to be a good call. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how speed. Uh, I don't know how Butters figured it out because he had a lot of stuff and he just brought a carry on. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, some people were doing like this Russian nesting doll thing where they put a, they bring a huge suitcase and then they put a smaller suitcase inside of it. Mm-hmm. And that way they have like, you know, double suitcases and they only have to check one bag. And I was like, ah, there's no way I'll need that, that much space for souvenirs. There's no shot. Right. And then look what <laughs> happened. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So if anyone going to, any of these big events uh it's like regionals and stuff uh you're probably flying domestic for most of them anyway um mm-hmm. i guess not maybe not in the u.s i guess maybe if you're in europe that might be a different situation because you could easily still be crossing different countries um but for like internationals and especially worlds i mean worlds that's just going to be in japan so definitely mm-hmm. definitely want to figure that out uh so you know, our my advice, and I think Speedy's advice as well, if I have to guess, is travel, travel there with like, like empty suitcases if possible, or mostly empty mm-hmm. suitcases. My like my big suitcase was pretty much empty. Like it felt weird just giving it to the person to check the the luggage. It was like, what? There's like nothing in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's right. pretty much that's pretty much how you want to do it, because there's gonna be a lot of stuff you want to buy. And you know, if you thought there was a lot of stuff you want to buy in London my goodness in japan that's like that's like pokemon heaven right there so Mm -hmm. um we can you want to talk about that real quick before we get into the recap and the bet stuff because we have ourselves the 2023 pokemon championship series tentative schedule already which is kind of wild uh first of all so backstory here so i mean this is the first time myself and speedy and many of you probably listening uh, unless you play like VG or like TCG and stuff, have gone through a play Pokemon competitive circuit, either just watching it or competing yourself or et cetera, just known about it. And I didn't really know too much about it. I'm thinking because we started in end of April for for Frankfurt, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, the, fir- the first one was like mid-April, I think, which was Liverpool. Um, yeah, but that one wasn't casted. And for, for Pokemon Go, there was one in Utah, I think Salt Lake City for um, VGC and TCG. Uh, mm. But we weren't invited. Uh, we weren't at that one for Pokemon Go. But I'm thinking, okay, it's usually like late spring and then Worlds ends in August. So like late spring to like late summer is, mm. in my head, the competitive circuit season, right? Because I'm thinking, Okay, that's when, like, you know, because there's a lot of kids that play all the different games too, and they're maybe on summer break or wrapping up school, so they have time to travel and stuff. I didn't realize that. No, it's actually, mo- it's pretty much year round. It's just that we started yeah. late spring because probably some planning stuff, but also this season, 2022, was actually a continuation of the 2019 slash 2020 season where they mm-hmm. had events in the fall and already early, early, like, in the year until everything went on lockdown for quarantine and COVID in yeah. March. So it makes perfect sense that their last events were probably around March or like late February. And then their next closest regional or competition stuff were in April. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird to think about because some people that went to worlds for VGC and TCG may have already qualified for worlds back in like 2019 or 2020. And they just <laughs> waited like two plus years to get to the world stage. So 
But for us, we didn't know, right? And I, well, I was, I, I personally wasn't paying attention to that, and I don't know if you knew that speedy, but no, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, we're all bright eyed, and we walk in, we're like, oh my god, this is so amazing, and it is, right? But we're definitely the new kids on the block still. Yeah, no, one thousand percent. Yeah, us and Pokemon Unite for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pokemon Unite wasn't even out back then, so. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway. So while we're, I believe it's the day of rehearsals, the day before we started last chance qualifiers, it was like Wednesday for us in London. Um, we're just in a room and then someone's like all of a sudden like, oh, they dropped the schedule. Like we didn't have no heads up or anything. We just all found out just like when everyone else did. And uh, it's pretty dope. So obviously TCG, VGC, Pokemon Unite and Pokemon Go are all part of this uh, championship series. Pokin is no longer part of it. So this was their last time competing um at worlds and everything but for pokemon go and unite we'll be continuing as well along with the two uh you know longer standing games uh the one interesting part is uh vgc um the video game championship uh so like main series game will not be having a competitive circuit until 2023 so there's nothing going on for them in the fall because pokemon scarlet and violet are releasing later this year so it's kind of weird for them to host tournaments for you know for Sword and Shields when they have a new game coming out and they're not competing on Sword and Shield on the world stage in 2023. So why have tournaments around that, right? So mm-hmm. that's going to be kind of interesting. So at the moment, it's just going to be for from now until like end of this year, it's just going to be the trading card game and Pokemon Go because Pokemon Unite, uh, they probably in all likelihood would do all their regionals and stuff like that virtually because it's just so so many people that need to travel for that like it's five people per team and there's like hundreds and hundreds of teams like that just like also like just not as accessible i think um traveling with Mm -hmm. a whole team of people like that so and also it would probably take a really long time to do uh for one to like have the venue space and time to host all these different like brackets like it takes hours and hours just doing it remotely I can only imagine in person. Plus, I can think about all the switches and setup and everything you need for all these different teams. So logistically, mm-hmm. it seems like it's better remotely. And as someone that's competing in some of these, I don't think it's like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Me personally speaking. But we dropped, they dropped the schedule and it's coming up soon. The first regional system, Baltimore, Maryland, September 16th to September 18th, which is what? Three weeks away? <laughs> like yeah. one oh my god two three yeah literally three weeks away from now it's it's friday the 26th and it's gonna be friday the 16th that starts so that mm. is pretty quick pretty nuts yeah i remember when sylph went into off season i think they have one month off season is typically how the rotation works and i was thinking oh you know sylph probably modeled this after play pokemon and that's why they're doing it but turned out not to be the case like you said caleb three weeks away in baltimore and then there's actually another one at the end of september in peoria illinois um i guess sound check on how i pronounce that it's a tough word to say yeah Uh, then we've got Salt Lake, Toronto, Arlington, Texas, San Diego, Florida, and we crossed over into next year already. These, This one in Florida is actually in February. So for the people that really wanted that Orlando uh, tournament to happen last year, I mean, this is essentially what we get, which is pretty cool. And then we've got uh, Knoxville, Vancouver. We're going back to Vancouver. We've got Charlotte, Fort Wayne, Portland, Hartford, Connecticut, and back to Wisconsin in June. Now, I will say there's one month that's that's open. Uh, there's no tournament here. It's actually September, October. It's actually November 
there are no North American tournaments that I know of. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think because November, there's going to be the international. So that's going to be in Latin America in Brazil. So mm-hmm. November is when that is taking place, which will be interesting. So I think maybe many people will be tuning into that. Um, but on top of that, there's a lot of tournaments happening pretty soon, even outside North America. Latin America, there's one September 17th. So that same first weekend, and that will be in Brazil. Um, 17th to 18th and then there's also one in europe as well in spain Mm -hmm. and that'll be september 17th to 18th so literally the first regionals uh of the 2023 circuit for pokemon go and tcg are all there's three of them happening all at once in different parts of the world which is crazy but it's gonna be exciting so that'll be yeah that'll be that'll be fun but yeah, yeah, so on top of that, you know, so definitely check out, uh, just search play Pokemon 2023 schedule and it'll pop up on Google and stuff like that. But there's a bunch of different dates. So definitely look out for that. I know they're probably going to start registration soon for the various ones. I know I saw somewhere on Twitter that Baltimore one is opening up soon. I don't know for mm-hmm. uh, the one in Spain and one in Brazil when those will be opening up, but definitely stay tuned. My guess, mm-hmm. my hope and my guess is that there will be more slots available for Pokemon Go uh, and probably for TCG as well because there is no VGC. So that means from a space standpoint, unless you're just getting smaller venues, there should be more space and capacity to accommodate for more players from our game and TCG, which will be cool. TCG has no problem filling up their no. their roster, right? So that won't be a big deal. But um, so that'll be that'll be really cool. It's happening so soon, but... I'm excited. Hopefully by then there's like a move update too. So like things will look really mm-hmm. different. Uh, we haven't had a move update in a couple months, a big move, move shakeup. But um, I think that'll be shortly after the Go Battle League um, season concludes for season 11. And hopefully we have a new set of move updates for season 12. So very yeah, excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be it's pretty, pretty wild. Um, and yeah, so on top of the international in Brazil, we have one in February in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. There's one in Europe in the UK in April in 2023, and then June 2023, North America. So, and and the yeah. remaining three, the February through uh, the Australia, UK, and USA ones will all include VGC as well too. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be really interesting. Um, I know neither of us competed and i get asked this a lot and i don't mind answering it but people are like oh like have you ever thought about competing or like why didn't you compete and for me like the simple answer is i just never had the chance to because i was all the ones i could have made it to i was invited to cast and i wasn't mm-hmm. going to give up the opportunity to cast because it's just such a cool unique opportunity but um and then the other ones i was at a wedding for one and i was driving to LA for the other so I couldn't catch either of them but I think similar for you right Speedy like you you want to compete and maybe like just try your hand at one of them or two of them but you just didn't get a chance to make it yeah I think that's definitely the case um I was actually eyeballing Milwaukee as being a place that I could go and compete but just didn't line things up at the right time I mean 
like you said, it's such a, a unique opportunity for us to go and cast. And then if you're going kind of on your own bill, I definitely recognize it is expensive to fly out, get a hotel, pay the registration fees, uh, get food, maybe even Ubers if your hotel is far away from the from the venue. I recognize it's very tough and it is a bit expensive. So hopefully now that we have all these new tournaments popping up, maybe there's one close to you that you can attend. And uh, to piggyback off your point, Caleb, about VG, you know, we're so used to seeing VG and TCG be the two kind of pillars of the uh, of the circuit. But the reason they're holding off is because they're switching over everything competitively over to Scarlet and Violet, which is the new game that's coming out. And like you said, not until February 2023, or excuse me, not February, but just 2023 in general, that's when we're going to see a transition over to the game. And honestly, the preview for that looked pretty awesome. Uh, might be a good time for us to learn some VG. What do you think? Yeah, so there's no way that uh, we'd be invited to cast all of these different regionals. So in my mind, my thought was I was going to try to compete in maybe some of the Pokemon Go uh, tournaments, especially in the fall or early you know, 2023. And once VG's back, uh, assuming all things go well with VG, because I-, I was going to get it right when it released and play it and learn all the stuff. Uh, I think you as well, Speedy, right? And then going to learn it and try to go competitive with that as well in uh in 2023 and maybe attend some of these regionals playing vg because that'd be really cool um but yeah what 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 are you thinking here oh dude that'd be really sick i I think there's it's so unique right because we come from pokemon go and we'll watch something like the tcg streams and we're like man what is going on everything's so fast we just see like cards slapping the mat we don't know exactly what it means and then we watch vg and i think there are a lot more things that are transferable over from the main video game series but the one thing that i'm most excited for is i think that because there's no VG in the competitive circuit for those few tournaments, I think we might see some overflow from the VG players coming over to go. And I think there's a unique opportunity for us to kind of like buffer our participation numbers with those VG players. Do you think they'd be interested in that? I think there are enough similarities, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I definitely heard some of them say they're going to just uh, play some TCG, which I'm sure a lot of the VG players already has some experience with over you know the many years they've been playing Pokemon games. But I did see on Twitter a couple people at least mentioned they were going to try Pokemon Go. And, you know, even though, like, maybe they've had experience with VGC or, or TCG, right, these VG players, a lot of them probably has had at least played Pokemon Go at least some point in their lives. Right? Like, I think a lot, mm-hmm. most people in the world at this point uh, with a smartphone device, uh, you know, outside of China, because, like, Geolock there, have probably play pokemon go at one point um right you know when the craze like when it when it first dropped in 2016 everyone was like super into it right mm-hmm. and uh, you know obviously many of us stuck with it for many years but a lot of people dropped off at certain points and stuff like that so that's gonna be really cool i i i would love to see them try their hand at it and you know it's a very different kind of game for sure but i think anytime we can get more you know players into it and welcome it in i think it'd be really cool there's some vg Mm -hmm. players that have gone to worlds that don't play vg anymore and they just play pokemon go like they're going for worlds for vgc i think i think bopper's one of them and Mm -hmm. i think major bowman i believe is another one these are just i'm not actually i'm pretty sure major bowman i remember gabby mentioning them as well at some point so 
you know, there's already been some VGC players that have transitioned to Pokemon Go, and I don't know what reason, right? Maybe they just want to try a different game, or you know, something happened when they're playing VGC, or maybe they just didn't like Sword and Shield, or whatever, right? Could be a thousand different reasons. Um, but some already just play Pokemon Go now instead of VGC. I don't think I don't know about Major Bowman. I don't I don't know if Bopper competed at any of the regionals, but it'd be cool to see someone that qualify for worlds for vgc also try to qualify for pokemon go now right mm-hmm. um so yeah that's actually very exciting i was pretty excited to see some of this it is unfortunate for the vgc players for them to just not have any competitive tournaments for the rest of this year which is probably really new to them right especially pre-pandemic right that was just like they're probably used to like constantly competing year round and stuff like that and for the first time in many many years i assume they can't so it'll be interesting. I mean, of course, you know, when the new game drops, they're still going to be playing Violet and Scarlet and all that stuff too. So um, mm-hmm. they just can't do the Play Pokemon uh, Championship Series to that. But yeah, it'll be good. Um, I think it'll, it'll be really cool. Are there any of these locations you've seen already that you're like, oh, like if I'm not invited to Cassis, I'm going to go and compete? Oh, dude, that's such a good question. Um I spent most of my life growing up in the south, southeast of the U.S. So places like Knoxville or, you know, Orlando, obviously, are not a big deal. And you're actually right. You actually were right in this neighborhood as well. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see because you came from, you know, southeast Atlanta, if you will. And now you're in L.A. Mm -hmm. So are there any that you think stand out? San Diego, I heard, is like only a few hours away drive. So that'd be really nice. I think two or three hours. I don't know. It's not 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 Mm -hmm. too extreme. So I would definitely love to go and compete there if I'm not casting it. I, I kind of hope I'm not casting it so I could just easily <laughs> drive over, right? Um, hopefully I have my car by then. It's January 6th. I still have my car. Dude, I hope so. Sheesh. <laughs> um, so, but uh, that being said, uh, the San Diego one, uh, definitely one I'm looking forward to attending. And I grew up in connecticut actually so i'm actually very surprised there's one in hartford connecticut in in may (laughs) so i would definitely go there if i'm not casting because it's just an easy trip for me to visit my mom as well but Mm -hmm. it'd be cool because that's where i grew up so i'm not in hartford specifically but not too far from hartford so can definitely check that out Uh, i don't yeah, I guess if I just stay at my mom's place, <laughs> like, like it's, it, I, it doesn't really make much sense for me to get a hotel or something when like, it's only like less than an hour away drive. So I could just show up um, early in the morning for that. But those are the two I'm mainly eyeing. There's a couple on the West coast as well, like Portland. That seems interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one could be one that I would uh, probably go to. I've never been to Portland or Oregon to my knowledge, uh, but I've always been a place I want to visit. There is someone in Washington, is there? I don't think so, right? Uh, I don't think so. I think as close as we get is Vancouver, right? Yeah, sister city yeah. to Seattle there. But dude, to your point about Portland, if you look at Portland and Orlando, those are two locations for our mega tournaments back when Sylph was really chugging along. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's cool to see actual, you know, play Pokemon tournaments there now. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, that's Yeah, exactly. So there's definitely quite the um audience there already which is nice i there isn't one in georgia or atlanta but there's one in charlotte's orlando's not really that close but there's one in charlotte and maybe knoxville (laughs) 
Tennessee. Yeah. So I might go to one of those and then just make stay like a little bit longer and just visit my friends in Atlanta and you know my dad and stepmom there. So that could be a good time too. But nice. Yeah, that's a tentative plan. I think. I think it'll be. It should be good. I think it should be. It yeah. should be good. But I'm very excited for this upcoming competitive season. You know, we had a huge um, viewership count for Worlds, which was really huge. amazing. To see, you know, and I think like some people were like, "Oh, well, like you know, there was like there was like promo codes and stuff to market it, which is not untrue." But eventually, like once you get the promo code, like you can dip, right? You don't need to stick around. So, but people still yeah. tuned in consistently, which was nice. And, you know, shout out to the people at Niantic as well for like marketing it to um, mm. all of them. I know it was like on their Instagram story. Uh, I didn't check their TikTok yet, but probably on their TikTok. It was all over Twitter, which was nice. You know, I saw like them like tweeting out clips of the the wins and everything. So very actively engaged in the world's event, which was really cool to see uh, because, you know, the Pokemon Company International and Niantic are two different companies, right? So um, there's yeah. there's it takes some collaboration and um, work between the two to make a lot of this happen. It's not just like oh one company's like oh we want to promote it, we're going to promote it, right? So um, yeah, pretty pretty incredible. Uh, I, I feel yeah. pretty happy about it. What about you? No, dude, I thought it was great. And, and I thought uh, they did a, a lot of clever things. Uh, for example, the PvP event with all the PvP spawns, I thought was really great because a lot of trainers might be watching, you know, the seniors finals uh, between me, Weedle and Alan and just wondering, man, you know, Araquanid looks so good. I wish I could find one. Well, guess what? You know, Jupiter uh, was uh, spawning. Mm -hmm. You could catch that and upgrade your PvP roster. And I think that's important as well. A lot of people think once you catch enough and you build something, like, that's just it. But we are constantly upgrading our rosters. You know, sometimes you want that maximum stat product, uh, Metacham, and sometimes you want something that wins CMP. So you can always try to find... Uh, different pickups. I also thought it was cool that Zashian was tied in because uh, Zashian so overpowered in the video game series and then seeing it come back to raids was really cool. It makes me think almost that we could see a return of Zashian next year for the world championships and maybe even Zashian with the sword, right? The, the crowns, uh, crown sword form. That'd be really cool to see that Pokemon return. Dude, that'd be amazing. I may be so strong. It's what fairy steel type after that and yeah, even so. zamazenta it would be fighting steel which is kind of like lucario's typing but or it is lucario's typing but that even that makes it quite uh strong too in my opinion because steel's just such a strong defensive typing um mm -hmm. yeah well what, what's good against it fire <laughs> right fire That's about it. is fire the only thing that's effective against fairy steel i think it is right um ground Oh, ground. Because fairy yeah. doesn't resist ground. Yeah. Yeah, ground, ground. Um, yeah, that's true. So anyway, it's like a, it's essentially like a mass league mobile, which is <laughs> with just incredible move sets. So that'll be really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I imagine that. But oh yeah, oh, and we, we didn't really talk about this much. But next year they released it at the uh, closing ceremony at London. The next year's Worlds is hosted in Japan, which is absolutely wild. Uh, definitely a place that i've always wanted to go to and i learned i i didn't really know too much about the history of play pokemon and you know the competitive circuit but apparently this it's only it's been hosted in the united states for every single year outside of two years one year it was hosted in vancouver canada and the other year which is this year it was hosted in london 
So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's great and all, but like there's probably a high likelihood it's just going to be in the United States again, right? Which is yeah. fine. It's convenient for us, but in my mind, like I would love to go somewhere else, right? If given the opportunity to. And I, th- I think we both talked about, we're like, dude, like Japan would be the dream spot. But right now, you oh, know, yeah. a lot of their borders are mostly closed to visitors because of COVID and all that stuff. And, you know, who knows right, if they could host that many people. Like, there's a lot of people going. Uh, you know, it's not a very big country either and stuff like that. But they announced it. It's going to be in Japan, which is, I mean, look, if you want to go to Japan, like, even more incentive to compete and try to win yourself the regionals, right, in a free ticket uh, to Japan with the travel award, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen, like, screenshots of players in Japan that play Pokemon Go, it's just, it's the bedrock of Pokemon, right? So many stops, so many spawns, everything is crazy. And like you said, might need to bring a couple of extra suitcases there uh, to go to Yokohama. So Yokohama, as far as I know, is like the port city to Tokyo. Apparently, a lot of ships uh, deliver cargo there, and then it's about 45 minutes from Yokohama to Tokyo. So again, key city in uh, in the country of Japan and I mean, yeah, it was funny, right? Because we were asking what what you thought it was going to be and what, you know, your dream location was. And everyone had different thoughts like, oh, Spain. Oh, you know, it'll be back in the U.S. And but everyone seemed to agree. They were like, the dream spot is Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you were saying about viewership, man, I just feel like after the success of this first season, I definitely think season two is going to be even more insane. And what people need to realize is that a lot of games like uh, Halo Infinite, they don't have a, a huge daily viewership or weekly viewership, but when they host a tournament, they do Twitch drops and they give away a lot of free gear and their viewership actually spikes up a lot as well. And it doesn't mean like it's disingenuine. Like these are real people that are tuning in to watch. Like you said, once they get the code, they can leave if they want to, but a lot of people stay and they just want to watch some battles, especially the grand finals. And when Pokemon Go has as much viewership as all the other games combined, and sometimes all the other games combined and doubled, I think that just says a lot about the uh, potential reach for the game because Niantic actually leveraging the network effect they have, right? Like everyone has, or not everyone, excuse me, but, but a lot of people do have a smart device. And if you have Pokemon Go on your smart device, they were able to reach you about worlds, which, you know, not many of the other games can do that. Yeah, 100% agree. And, you know, I think that's something I heard from, you know, Gabby and some other people as well is that that aren't as, you know, haven't been as immersed in Pokemon Go community as much until this year. But it's like, you know, the, the, the thing that's so special about Pokemon Go is the community, right? And not to say there isn't community with the other games, but it just, for us, because we we have to go outside and play, we're always going to be more immersed in person with our community than any of the other games, right? Like Pokemon Unite, I didn't even know what most of these players look like until like recently when they're at Worlds. And I still don't know what majority of them look like, especially if they don't stream or they don't stream with a face cam uh, or like VG as well, right? Like it's all like, you know, online stuff. TCG, you have to be there in person, but I don't know how often they host TCG tournaments. And I think because the community is so big, it's also hard to identify the community because there's many pockets. Whereas Pokemon Go... There's a lot of players, but I think at the same time, a lot of recognizable names because the community maybe not as large, or at least not the competitive side for PvP. So mm-hmm. you just meet so many different. You see so many of the same faces, right? Like, like I don't know what the VGC and TCG players do at these regionals or internationals, but I know for Pokemon Go at least, like if you want to hang out with the Pokemon Go people, like 
after in like later in the evening after the tournament's over on day one, day two, or even after that, like you can, right? You can't find the community. Like usually the local community does a great job hosting. And you know, shout out to London's finest, the uh, uh, group in London that was hosting a lot of these social events because they always they reach out to us. I'm sure to a lot of players, like hey, like if you all want to come by, we have this entire like pub reserved for everyone. There's food. There's you know, drink, whatever, you all, we all can hang out and stuff. And it was, I thought it was really cool because, like, not only were, like, the competitors that we know of a lot, you know, from North America and Europe there, the, a lot of the players from, you know, South America and, you know, Latin America and Asia and APAC as well were there too. Like, we saw, um, I saw some of the Korean and Japanese players at the pub as well, which was really cool because, it, for me personally, I think for a lot of people, at least that may be listening to this podcast or from North America, Europe, whatever, they don't know a lot of the APAC players and Asia players as much because we don't cross, you know, we don't, you know, cross over each other as much uh, from competitive side, maybe outside of GBL. And, you know, they, their regionals and internationals, et cetera, were not broadcasted um, publicly in a lot of situations. I think they had some Japanese only streams at certain points, but. It was just harder mm-hmm. for us to like tune in as well, especially time zones alone. So to see them there as well, like and and you know some of them they might not uh, even you know they may not be as fluent in English either, but they still came out and met people and stuff, and it was it was a really cool experience. And yeah, just to add on to it, you know, I think the community itself just is something really special, and we're able to we could continually leverage, I think, for viewership and all this stuff if if done right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was really cool to see the trainers come out, right? Because they're traveling from uh, South Korea or Japan, especially, you know, Asia Pacific trainers, because like you said, there's a bit of mystery. Uh, A lot of people don't know exactly how they're going to play out the matchups. And I think there was one uh, Japanese regional that was streamed. I remember watching back the VOD. I was like, man, these teams are wild. We've got like an Opsigun Araquanid team, which is pretty cool. And very creative. uh, yeah, very creative. And then seeing them battle on the main stage was really cool. I mean, we saw its accent. That was actually our last North American player to still be in the tournament. And then he got eliminated. And then it, it was all, you know, APEC, Europe, uh, and LATAM players. So that was actually pretty pretty interesting to me because based on my practice with Silv Continentals, I definitely thought that the North American trainers were probably a little bit stronger. Maybe it's a little bit of North American bias, but at the same time, you know, these trainers were absolutely nuts and they definitely show why they deserve to be there. Yeah, I agree with you 100% too. So yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously everyone may have a little bias towards the region, like, oh, you know, some of the best players I play are from my region and stuff. But you know, there's a lot of talented trainers all over the world, and some you have me- may have never heard of. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome to see uh, all the different kind of people from all over the world kind of mesh together. And I think it was a really great uh, opportunity for a lot of these trainers, um, such as like Crescent Angels or Godon Hada or JB Yang, stuff like that, or Allen as well. You know, some of these players from asia that may have not had as much exposure be on stream and play at worlds and stuff because now they're like household names in some way shape or form for a lot of mm-hmm. people like, oh wow these guys are really good and you know next time you see him in tournament you're like you might be nervous but like oh my gosh you're the guy that called a psychic on a one hp sable right <laughs> um when they over farmed and everything so it's uh it's pretty cool to see 
you know them kind of get some popularity and stuff and i think some of them either created twitters recently or they just got a big twitter following because of these things too so it's really cool um as well to see see that too uh because you know people congratulating them and everything like that too and yeah uh, though technicals thank- coverage of oh sorry go ahead oh no no no. All i was gonna say is thank god for uh the google translate on twitter because it's it, <laughs> it makes it makes life a lot easier too especially if you interact with someone um writing in different languages but yeah go ahead uh just, yeah google translate is especially funny when it comes to uh trainers that write in japanese because <laughs> the translation just does not come through uh as it should right there's a lot of context missing and some of the english versions end up sounding a bit ironic just because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but uh, uh i've been enjoying though technicals coverage of crescent angels tournament run dude mm-hmm. crescent angels is so good in all those catches i believe he was the one that caught on the one hp sableye yes that was Crescent Angels. Uh, the thing that impressed me the most about Crescent Angels was the ability to catch moves when the opponent was overfarmed. Like they they had more than enough energy for the move, so the timing on that is just incredible because there's no way you can really like truly know when they're gonna throw. You know, it might just be pure sense of the game or sense of your opponent on when they're doing it, but like it makes no. There's no logical explanation for it besides either one being super lucky, but we saw that it happened more times than not, right? It wasn't like he failed more times just by just because he couldn't time it and just went for it. But the vast majority of the time, they actually caught the move. And that was the crazy part. So, you know, very, very impressive and really cool to see. So, but you could pick up on tendencies when you watch those things. You're like, oh, well, Crescent Angels is never going to catch when you have the move. They're going to catch when yeah. you have more than energy. So maybe next time you just throw right when you have it because uh, he may be expecting you to, you know, not throw it. Um, mm-hmm. Because top, like, it's almost like it's like 3D, 4D chess, right? Like, like mm-hmm. both trainers know the counts. So the person that he's facing is like, well, I'm not going to throw when I have the frenzy plant, right? I'm going to throw when I have more than the frenzy plant because I know that this guy is definitely smart enough to know how many bimers it takes to get to frenzy plant. And the Crescent mm-hmm. Angel's thinking, well, I know that they know. I probably I know the counts, <laughs> so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, I'm gonna expect that they're not going to throw when they have it because they're thinking mm-hmm. that they're going to overfarm and I'm going to catch after the fact. It's yeah, it was it was, it was incredible, but. Um, anyway, big, big congrats to, you know, the, the world's competitors as well there to Golden Hada taking second place and Dancing Rob taking the, the grand championship as well too. And from what I hear on Twitter too, I think Dancing Rob already has, uh, an invite to worlds for next year, which is kind of crazy, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, as expected as the previous, as the previous reigning, as a reigning world champion, right. To get that invite. So I mm-hmm. guess we'll see Dancing Rob in Japan. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, defending champ, right? That's gonna be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, so that'll be that'll definitely be really cool. Um, I personally will try to learn some Japanese as well too, to just brush up and not brush up, just to learn. Brush up is the bad terminology. <laughs> yeah, right. Just some basic phrases. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've watched enough anime to know some stuff, but not enough. <laughs> so, if you don't yeah. watch anime on subbed and you watch on dubbed, I highly recommend just watching on subbed to prepare yourself for for Japan too, because it, it won't be like London. There'll be less English speakers <laughs> in Japan than London. Um, 
yeah english in london was pretty interesting I, we chatted briefly about it but they're speaking the same language as us but the lingo is different i i the accent's not even throwing me off that much right like the accents yeah mm. there's a like there's a british accent but there's an american accent too right so it's like it goes both ways but it's more so they'll say something and i'm like I don't know, like, I don't know the lingo of, like, what they, like, they, they say things differently. Even the candy bars are different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had, yeah. we had Mars candy bars in our lunch boxes or lunch bags, and they're just Milky Ways. Even though Mars exists in the U.S., they're Milky Ways. <laughs> and my guess is uh, the Milky Ways in London are actually Mars bars <laughs> in the U.S. Ooh, yeah. Uh, well, Butters are saying that uh, Skittles are actually sour in Brazil. Wait, what I don't do you know mean, if Skittles it's just, are sour. Wait, what? What kind of Skittles, Skittles are you Skittles, eating? Skittles aren't sour. Like the the traditional ones, the originals, they're sweet. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah there's there's a little sour to it though, right? So, there's a oh, such thing as like, sour like, Skittles. Sour, yeah, but you mean like so the Skittles in Brazil are like they're like sour Skittles. Yeah, they're like sour candies. That's what he was saying. Oh, dude, I'd be down for that. Yeah, I know. It sounds like it sounds pretty fun. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, they'd say phrases like, are you knackered? It's like, what, <laughs> what does that I mean? Like tired? English. Yeah, it means tired. Yeah, yeah. Know. But I know it's English, like you said, <laughs> and we can understand all the words. But we're like, and then when they tie that together with a bunch of other phrases, it's like, man, I'm so lost in this conversation. <laughs> I will say uh, there's a, I don't know. There's something pleasant about British the british language it feels less aggressive it feels more maybe that's just my perception but it feels more welcoming than like american english i feel like american english is kind of blunt no i agree with you i i think it's definitely more eloquent right it is and i feel like i mean maybe it's just me but i feel like the people in london were like super polite and nice you know they were they were very they were like very proper you know there was there were it was yeah. I, I well, felt I, I like as an American, I felt like they were always like looking out or you know friendly and stuff. It was very different. Well, I was I was trying to get get around on the tube, right? I was trying to figure out where I was going, and I asked like my twentieth question. I actually walked up to these three, uh, you know, I guess uh, tube workers, I guess you could say, like subway workers, mm -hmm. and I approached them and I said, "Hey, I'm just a stupid American," and they said, <laughs> "Oh no, don't say that." don't say that. We're just stupid, uh, stupid tea drinkers. And I was like, no, don't say that either. Right. But I said, I'm a stupid American. I have a question. And they were actually really nice. And they wanted to engage in the conversation about what I was doing. And I felt like everybody was that way. It wasn't just like on the public transport, but everybody was very welcoming. And as long as you have some humility, I think that they are very, uh, you know, forgiving and forthcoming. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I fully agree with you. So that was a good experience. Thank you, everyone in London, for having us too. I think it. We were there for like over, over a little over a week, uh, pretty much a week. Yeah, because yeah. we landed on Tuesday and we left on Monday. Um, but the time went by quick. It went by really quick. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely so, did. Yeah, but anyway, we could talk about that for all all long, like as long as we want. Uh, I don't know if you're covering on your experience on a stream or anything, but I am. Uh, I am creating a vlog as well of the experience. And dude, let me tell you, the footage, the vlog footage is over two hours long. I'm trying to cut down because no way it's gonna oh, be man. two hours. But it was that's the hardest part is like trimming it down, right? Because you have to uh, pick which memories you want to put in. Yeah, in we were we we were also on a boat, a boat museum Pokemon themed party, dude, which was so wild. lit. Anyway, we don't. We shouldn't talk about that too much. We go on forever. Watch my vlog if you want to see. It. I have some great footage of us, you know, 
having Pokemon themed drinks and food on a boat. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty dope. But that aside, I think we need to set up a bet soon because uh, we've been going on for worlds for a while. But um, what's our bet for the GoFest finale event? Dude, that's such a good question because I haven't decided where I want to play. And I don't know that there are a lot of bonuses either. I don't know if there's like a, I think there's an XP bonus for raids, like with Buzzwall and stuff. Um, yeah. But maybe, I don't know, like total catches is is like the easy one, right? You can always set total that up. But then again, yeah. for each of those different hours, there's certain Pokemon that I really want to go after and other ones I just don't really care too much for. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh... Let's see. So for the ticket experience, we both have the tickets to my knowledge. Um, you can have, you get extra 5,000 XP in raid rewards when you raid in person, incense lasts two hours, earn three times XP for spinning photo discs at gyms and stops, half hash distance. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of weird because mm-hmm. I don't know, because we might be going for different things, right? You might be really wanting to try to raid. I might be really trying to be catching stuff. What if our competition is shiny unknowns? Who would get the most shiny unknowns? Ooh, oh, oh, you know about the uh, the hour trick, right? We talked about this for Seattle Go Fest. Oh, is it going to be the hour trick for this as well? Oh, is it? I thought it was. Oh, I mean, it might be. I don't know. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for those that don't know, so um, this was a thing in uh, Germany, uh, Berlin's Go Fest, and. Um, Seattle and probably uh, Sapporo as well uh, in Japan. Not as I didn't really hear too much about it, but my guess is it's probably similar. Is at the top of the hour, um, so like at one p.m. or noon or two p.m. whatever, all the spawns on your map turn into unknowns for two minutes. So at one o two, they all change back to whatever they were before. But for two minutes, they're all unknowns. And there's a chance to get a shiny unknown. I mean, a strong chance, right? It's not guaranteed, but it's a much stronger chance. So I like that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. It looks like the unknown blocks are in two-hour blocks as well. For example, the last one is the Ultra Incursion Nihiligo from 4 to 6. So at 5 o'clock, when we get that changeover, there's a good chance. And to your point as well, if you find a shiny Pokemon, like maybe it's like a shiny nonsense Pokemon like Electabuzz, you can click on it. And if it's close to that time switchover, then it will become an unknown. And then you can safely click on it and it will be shiny. At least that's how it worked in Seattle. Did you, did you ever take use of that strategy? I didn't use it, but I've heard other people using it. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't really see that many shinies at the top of hours. So I didn't even think of that, but that's that's a really cool mm-hmm. strategy there. Uh, I will take a screenshot and send to you on how many shiny unknowns I have at the moment. Um, obviously, I assume do, we're not going to be trading thing. for any shiny unknowns to boost our accounts. <laughs> I personally won't be, I don't know if our unknowns, no, unknowns aren't even in raids. I was going to say, if they're in raids, I, I was going to raid them anyway. But they're yeah. not, so that'll be that'll be good. Actually, you know what? I'll pull it up right now. I'm just curious how many shiny unknowns I have at the moment. I did get quite a few in Seattle, so I have a total of ten shiny unknowns. Oh, nice. I don't think I have that many. Let me check. Try remember. Okay, here it is. Oh, I had my phone plugged in again, just like the bag. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll definitely remember where I put my phone. All right, let's see, unknown and. Shiny? I've got four. Okay. All right. So total shiny, or the total amount we collect here will be the the reward here, or for the, the winner here. 
all right, okay. I feel pretty good about this, you know, as long as we're on top of our, our clicks and stuff. Are you driving out an hour to New Orleans, wherever, to grind? or <sighs> I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few places here I can play. I can always go to like a local park or around the downtown area or even over by the school. There's like some clusters of stops, but the experience is definitely better on a college campus or downtown, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, most definitely. So, um, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I look forward to hearing your update sometime uh, next week as well. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, I won this first contest. I'm going to try to keep it going strong, you know, win another, go back to back, you know, like the, like the, uh, bulls, you know, 97, 98. Bulls, <laughs> you know, that's, what, that's what I'm going to try to do. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, um, let's, we could talk very briefly about some tea too. Uh, cause I know our time is limited right now, but, um, we, it's been a while since we've had a moveset update. And um, I know some people have taken to Twitter to share their thoughts. Uh, case in point, we got our friend Toshi. Toshi, uh, Toshi always his shares thoughts. his thoughts. Yeah, Toshi. <laughs> no one need, Toshi ain't one to be shy. Let's put it that way. So Toshi nine two two seven, aka Shut Up Toshi nine two two seven. I I didn't say that. That's that's his handle on Twitter. I'm not <laughs> right. But um, so so he's got some thoughts he's wanted to share. I'm curious what you're thinking of this too, as well as our audience. He says, everyone knows exactly what moves need to be nerfed for the upcoming season, so I'll focus on some moves that need buffs, right? Because uh, I think some of the ones that need to be nerfed, people are saying like Charm or Razor Leaf, stuff like that. It's mostly those two, I think. Uh, maybe Zap Cannon, you know, Walrings and Trev's movesets or whatever. Um, Trev is hard, really hard to nerf because you can't, you can't easily nerf Shadow Claw or Shadow Ball because so many Pokemon learn it. A lot of them are already balanced and the Sea Bomb is already yeah. a bad move. So like, what are you going to really do there? Make it worse, like um, so. Uh, but using part one, all right? Bullet punch, steel fast move, desperately needs some help. Acid, uh, poison vein needs a nerf, and a separate poison buff would help keep charm at bay. And then part two, metal claw, you know, seriously need a complete overhaul of seal moveset and ask seal wing for the hell of it. <laughs> shadow sneak, <laughs> there's way too much of an advantage for ghosts that haven't to learn shadow ball. Change this to ominous wind if you're worried about Sableye. I don't really know what he means by that one. Like, does he? Want, I don't know either. Does he want Shadow yeah. Sneak to be buffed or nerf? I don't know. You, you can't take away moves. Like, as far as yeah. like we've seen before, you're not taking like we never had. It's unprecedented to take away a move right from a Pokemon. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Part three, Aerials. This should be obvious. Any flying Pokemon that doesn't learn Sky Attack is a huge disadvantage. This move is dreadful. That is true. Aerialize is pretty bad. Drill Peck is not great either, but I think Aerialize is even worse. Bulldoze slash Water Poles. Both so bad on Pokemon that need them for coverage. So many Pokemon would become viable with buffs to these. I agree there, but I think Dig is even worse than Bulldoze, which is kind of wild. So Dig is actually <laughs> terrible, terrible. So anyway. Toshi with a lot of thoughts. Of course, people were like roasting him as well and be like, yo, like there's so many things I learned Metal Claw, like Garrett, Galarian Stumpfizz, Dialga, Zashi and Zamazenta, I think both learn Metal Claw <laughs> as well. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah. very strong meta picks that learn it. But at the same time, like, you know, some people share thoughts like, oh, don't buff, like, Mandra said, don't buff Aerialize. It keeps Pokemon like Mandibus and Tropius balanced. Like, yes. Mandibus and Tropius both getting buffs is like, eh, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that point, actually. If you give Mandibus Sky Attack, 
right? Or if you give it a better fast attack than air slash, suddenly Amanda Buzz is like a serious problem. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's already pretty strong, you know? It is already very strong. That is true. So it's... Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing with buffing moves is you always have to think about the ramifications of everything else that learns it. You know, mm-hmm. like buffing mm-hmm. and nerfing moves is way harder, I think, to address than adding a move to a Pokemon existing, right? Yes. Like adding, I don't know, like Rock Weather Ball, right, into the game for like normal cast form, no big deal, right? <laughs> like it's not, it's not game breaking. But if you just change Hex, right, it could have a huge ramification. You buff Hex, you know, cast form. Yeah, it's a little normal cast form, a little better. But then all the other things that learn Hex suddenly become, you know, there's a lot of cascading effects. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's a very tough balancing act that I think people always have to think of. Um, I'm not saying Toshi's wrong on all these points. I just think it's interesting he's bringing these up. And as we have not, at this moment in time, have not heard uh, from Niantic about the impending if there's going to be any um, moveset changes, I think it's an interesting theory there. Um, I think, me personally, I would love to see a dig buff, all things considered. But dig would... buff. If there's there's already earthquake. There's already uh, earth power. Right. You already have some good ground moves. Those is not great, but Bulldoze better. Yes. But here's here's my bias here, Speedy. Okay. I spent over half a million stardust, probably over six hundred thousand stardust. And a bunch of XL candies on a shadow Nidal Reno. And oh, that no. has poison jab, it has poison sting. So, your pick you want to do more damage? Great. You want more energy generation? Great. It's got sludge bomb, not a bad poison move. It doesn't have poison thing. Mm-hmm. Sludge bomb, not a bad poison move. It's hyping is not too bad, it's just pure poison, right? It got some decent resisting mm-hmm. resist fighters. But the coverage move it's got for the uh you know ground types and for the dark poisons is dig which is awful it is so much energy and it does like nothing i'm like i'm like dude i thought poison sting is quick man like what's going on (laughs) and even poison thing takes forever as as a comparison let me just let me just run this real quick dig is 80 energy to do 100 damage right Earthquake is 65 energy, so 15 energy less to do 120 damage. Dig is so <laughs> bad that it costs more energy to do less damage than Earthquake. Like, what? Like, how? Yeah. Its energy yeah. efficiency is 1.25. Earthquake's energy efficiency is 1.84, which is oh, a, yikes. Uh, the best ground move for energy efficiency-wise in the whole game. As a con- yeah. as a comparison, bulldoze is a terrible move, and even that's more energy efficient at one point three three, and it costs sixty energy for eighty damage versus eighty to hundred. So like it's even a better mm-hmm. bait move, right? I mean, dig is never a bait move. It is it is almost all your energy. Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, so, time, that's the that's a that's earthquake's the best move. Precipice blades is really really strong in uh, based on like what they're predicting, but that's not in the game yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think Dig and then the eventual Precipice Blades, I think those are, you know, key. Maybe Dig is a little bit more spicy, right? And Precipice Blades isn't in the game. But three game, or excuse me, three kind of game-breaking Pokemon right now, I think are the Needle Queen, the Registeel with Zap Cannon, and then Walrein. And honestly, if it's more energy or less damage, whatever, Poison Fang needs the nerf. 
I think Registeel, Zap Cannon could do a little less damage. It's also the only Pokemon that really uses it reliably. I mean, you've got Magneton, right? I played some of those games with Magneton, Zap Cannon. That was a lot of fun because it absolutely fries. Uh, but the Pokemon that a lot of people are talking about is Walrein. And personally, I don't think you're going to agree with me here, Caleb, but personally, I don't think Icicle Spear should be nerfed. And the reason, hear me out, the reason is I think you can attack the wall rain in terms of either making Earthquake cost a little more energy, making Powder Snow maybe a little less energy uh, generation. But when you give a Pokemon a signature Community Day move, once you take that that attack down icicle spear if you reduce the stats too much it just becomes weather ball so why not just you know run weather ball wall rain it doesn't make any sense i know it can't learn weather ball i'm just trying to say the point is that it kind of defeats the purpose of giving it a signature move and it also hamstrings future pokemon that learn icicle spear uh actually so i don't fully disagree with you here uh, a few things one icicle spear is like wow it's so good for those that are listening, and as for those that may think that, the fun, fun fact is, Icicle Spear was what Weather Ball used to be, and then they mm-hmm. nerfed Weather Ball, <laughs> and so, and they're like, you know what? Let's let's create a let's create a Weather Ball clone. It's essentially Weather Ball Ice, but they changed its name to Icicle Spear, and has the old val- old values and have on Wall Rain. And now people are like, oh my gosh, Ice Coast Spear is broken too. So like we're we're essentially like constantly getting weather ball, original weather ball stats moves, and then people eventually complaining and nerfing it. So like one, right. I'm tired of just getting this weather ball clone and then and then nerfing it to like the new weather ball clone now. But I agree with you. I think I think I don't really love the concept of nerfing it because yeah, it devalues like community Pokemon and stuff like that. And it's strong, but like I don't think it's that you know what we could do? You can you can buff Araquanid. You know, Araquanid is strong, but like it's not super, super strong. Of course, like there's some data mine valleys before, so like, you know, those look like they might have been scarier to deal with, but we never saw that. Mm. So we don't know yeah. exactly if it would have been that great. But I think I think I'm okay with not nerfing it, but at the same time, on top of that though. I actually don't think we need to nerf Earthquake or Powder Snow because that's going to have a lot of ramifications on things like Frostlass and everything that learns Earthquake, which is a lot of things. Yeah, Stunfisk um, and Swampert. Stunfisk, Swampert, yeah. Like Astron, I think, learns it. Like Middle Queen Techno learns it too, but no one's really running that. Even um, Ho-Oh. Yeah, it's true. Even ho Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of things that learn it. So, um, I don't know. I, I, You know, people might disagree with me on that, but I don't think... I, Walbring is... a is a hassle to deal with but i don't hate it that much like it's i've tried playing it and like it's good but like it's there's ways around it and i don't know it's strong but it's it's not it's not overwhelming to the point where there's no checks you know it could grab a shield a lot of times but like i mean dude you can say the same thing about sableye right all day long so like don't worry about shield pressure like let's talk about that you know for one thing or let's talk about zoomero right like that thing's been a staple since day one of pvp and it's been nerfed and still good so you know i think um and and also like my biggest concern is if you nerf registeel zap cannon and wall rain it makes trevenant really scary because like I said, you can't really yeah, nerf Trevenant unless you nerf Shadow Claw and Shadow Ball, but then that's just gonna that's gonna destroy ghosts, right, across the meta. So it's it's its movesets are so tied in with so many other things that you can't like easily nerf it. So um mm-hmm. that is 
that is from me a concern. So I, I actually don't think I, I'd rather be I'd be rather of the mindset that let's buff things, right? Let's bring all the weather ball damage back to what it used to be. You know, like how scary is Politoed and you know alone nine tails and pelper now? Not that scary in my opinion, even if you nerf bring it all back. Why? I mean, you got Wolverine that's going to resist all of those, right? You got Trebnin that's pretty good against Politoed, right? It's and not good against, yeah, Araquanid you got, right? You got Registeel with Zapkin, and that's still going to destroy Pelipper and still does really good against Politoed, right? Because Politoed doesn't resist the Zapkin, and, and, you know, it's great against a low Ninetales. So, what are you going to run Powder Snow Weather Ball into a Registeel? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, not that. So, that's always my mindset, but of course, you know, People are going to disagree and stuff, and that's the case I like to make. I, you know, Registeel, super strong, but again, we've seen this so many times in the Worlds tournament. Registeel has a big weak point is you can't have back-to-back move stack. It's so high energy intensive that, like, if you catch one of their moves or, like, you have Pokemon with moves ready, like, it just, you got to maneuver and you have no fast move pressure. I actually don't think it's too bad. I don't know. And I'm a Bastion user, and, you know, it's really strong against Bastion, but, like, <laughs> on top of that, like, I'm okay with keeping Registeel what it is, you know? So that's yeah. that's my hot take. But, you know, that's mainly my fear of Trevenant, right? Um, and Dancing mm-hmm. Rob won Worlds without a Registeel. You know, he ran he ran uh, Galarian Stumpfist. I don't remember if he had, like, a, a Walbrain or not, but he didn't have Trevenant, that's for sure. He had Shadow, Shadow Venusaur, so. Yeah, Shadow Venusaur. But we'll see. Everyone let us know what your hot take is on this impending potential moveset shakeup. But yeah. 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 I mean, Let's dude, see. I'm hoping for some big things, right? Because we haven't had a move update in I don't even know how many seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know either. But it'll be exciting once it happens, I think. I, I miss the I miss the times where they'd have this like, you know, big blog of all these moveset changes. Everyone's just freaking out and like going to twitter and stuff and everyone like all the streamers are starting to stream and stuff like that and be like oh my gosh oh look at all this stuff so um yeah so we'll see how that goes but um yeah we're a little short on time here we've been going on for quite a while too so we got lots to cover we'll cover in a couple days for next week's episode but uh yeah any last words speedy dude um yeah i just want to say it was an honor to cast worlds with you and um that's been you know for a lot of us our dream for a number of years and what an insane experience like you said we could talk about london again maybe maybe if people want us to talk more about the london trip uh the london experience and we can do that but yeah man what an honor and then we start off the next season in just a few weeks so people need to go sign up for their regional tournaments yes most definitely definitely sign up uh, if you have the opportunity to, even if you don't feel ready, I mean, honestly, if you don't feel ready, just give it a shot, right? If you're nervous about it, like there's no better way to, to face your fears than just to dive into it. And, you know, no one's, no one's here to like make fun of people and stuff like that. And, and you know, I, I remember one of my friends was like, I don't know, I get stage fright. I don't really want to be on stage. I was like, look, you, uh, you, it's not that easy to be on stage. There's a lot of people that compete that don't end up ever on stage, you know? So uh, mm-hmm. to quote Arrow to Arrow's like man I want to go to one of these again I missed my chance to go on stage last time <laughs> Columbus was like well maybe if you uh, I won't say that I was gonna say well you gotta win some games right exactly yeah you feel it yeah he's on the same page yeah yeah you gotta win some games but anyway and, and if you're killing it you're winning these games you're on stage who cares you know about stage fright you're ready you're ready on a hot streak you know yeah um yeah. so 
but yeah, it's a great experience, you know. And maybe maybe uh, me and Speedy will be at some of them as well too. So we'll be happy to meet a fellow Battle Cats podcast fan. But anyway, thanks all for joining in. Tune in next week to see which one of us gets more shiny unknowns. And I'll put it this way: regards to the outcome, I feel like I feel like the winner is going to be. The more skillful one here. You may say it's luck, Whoa, but I'm putting out. This, I'm, I'm putting it out right now, right? Even if you beat me, right? So this way, I can't say like, "Oh, you only saying this because you won, Caleb." I'm putting this right now, right? I'm going to say whoever won this shiny unknown contest is is the one that's got more skill. That's that's, that's what all I'm right. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, you know, I got my um, reasons, but we'll <laughs> talk about next week on why I said such things. But okay, yeah, I, I can't wait to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I won't say anything if you win. I was like, I'll just, I'll just ramble about nothing. Don't, don't take my word seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. I'm gonna try that, uh, that shiny trick and see if it works. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Yeah, that's true. That is some skill. Anyway, hope you all have a great, fantastic Go Fest finale. Um, shout out to everyone that we met uh, that was so welcoming in London. And go check out the website for Play Pokemon 2023. See if there's anything nearby. Be on the lookout, mark your calendar, and maybe we'll see you there in a few months to a year. Yeah, see you soon, everybody.